It is 18 minutes before the hour here on the Drive Large Radio Show. And before I introduce our good friend James Patrick Riley, Pierre in Manchester, uh, responding to my closing riff. Come on, Rich. It takes a village, a.k.a. big government knows better than parents. Yeah, I saw a bumper sticker. I don't know if it was a bumper sticker or a placard once. It says, show me a child raised by a village and I will show you the village idiot. Oh, my gosh. All right. Joining us now is James Patrick Riley. He is an actual Stanford-trained historian, and he's out there on the left coast. We always appreciate him joining us for the history segment. James is also, the, uh, in addition to running a living history farm focused on colonial times in these United States, he has produced a riveting television series called Courage, New Hampshire, about the fictional town of Courage, out a suburb of Keene, in pre-revolutionary colonial days. It's a fascinating look at the issues of the times through the lives of common New Hampshire colonialists. You can find it all and oh so much more at ColonyBay.tv. That's ColonyBay.tv. Join me in joining the colony. You've done dumber things with $17.76. Good morning, James. Rich, how are you? Oh, I, I'm terrific, thanks. You, you know, the, the very first words I heard out of your mouth on Skype was village idiot, so I, 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 I wasn't sure if that was an introduction to my segment or not. <laughs> no, I was uh, talking in the prior segment about um, how uh, uh, first grade teachers at a local elementary school had traumatized a number of their students by showing them 9-11 videos in preparation of 9-11 ceremonies that their school would be uh, holding on Monday and how the parents were not notified in advance and how they were not told after the fact that their their children, um, some of them were very emotionally upset and crying in the classroom. And uh, Pierre in Manchester sent me a, a note as that uh, didn't come until I was off the air. Uh, it says, come on, Rich, it takes a village, a.k.a. big government, to know better than parents. And I... Uh, recounted how I saw a placard somewhere that said, show me a child raised by its village and I will show you the village idiot. <laughs> the woes of the snowflake generation. Uh, I guess. Um, um, well, a little, little, little bit here and there this morning. Um, the um, kind of been perusing uh, your, your sister colony, Rhode Island papers lately. And um, oh, really? Yes. This is, um, uh, this is, that takes place uh, basically sort of an anecdote that was printed in uh, Providence, Rhode Island Gazette. And, uh, it's 17 during the height of the tea crisis. And at this time, um, they were Americans and Englishmen were really, really very proud of sort of orderly uh, taxation and consent to taxation and the, you know, the purse being controlled by the legislative branch. And so they consider themselves the envy of the world that way, so they tended to, to print a lot of stories about how arbitrary uh, the collection of revenue was in Europe, and there was no greater um, butt of these stories than the Kingdom of Prussia, and this is a story from uh, from June 17, 1773. Uh, the principal people here, this is a report on Prussians, here are treated by us with the most Cruelty have treated us with the utmost cruelty and their estates overloaded with taxes, excises, contributions. 
the people forced to enter into military service, and that in a most arbitrary manner. A gentleman of considerable fortune here, going up his a few days ago homeward, was met by a Prussian officer who asked him whether he was where he was going. He answered home, for that was his house. The officer replied that he must not enter it till he had taken an inventory of everything he had and produced an order of the king for this purpose. He did so, and then the officer told him that he was to sleep in his own he received further orders. So... Could you say that again, James? Because you broke up a bit. I, we, we seem to be having a little trouble with the Skype connection. Oh, okay. Is that better? Um, I guess so. Uh, the, um, basically, this gentleman had been proceeding home and a Prussian officer who demanded an inventory of everything in his home for the inspection of the king mm-hmm. and that he was at liberty to sleep in his own bed till he received further orders. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, and there was um, these kind of stories of European horror, uh, revulsion at the at the arbitrary nature of the king's taxation in Europe were very common during the, the tea crisis. I think that <clears throat> uh, if uh, I'm gonna James, let's do this. Can we reconnect, please? Because you keep cutting in and out. Sure. Okay. All right. All right. We'll send you. We'll send you a connect. Hold on. Sometimes Skype is not uh, the most reliable medium, but uh, we have James back. Let's give it a try. <laughs> I hope that's better. It does There's sound better. There's a story of um, criminal justice in Boston. At the Superior Court of Judicature, Court of Assize and General uh, Jail Delivery, held at uh, the courthouse in this town on Monday last, one um, Joseph Atwood was tried for burglary by breaking into the house of Mr. Martin Bicker, as mentioned in our last when the jury brought in their verdict, guilty uh, and guilty of theft, but not of burglary, the next day, Levi Ames was also tried for the same crime when the jury brought in their verdict, guilty. And on Friday, sentence of death was pronounced upon him, agreeable to a late law of this province for the crime of burglary. Thursday, the 14th of October next, is the day appointed for his execution. It evidently appeared that Ames entered the house and stole the money while Atwood watched in the street. Atwood was admitted as evidence against him. Atwood was sentenced to receive 20 stripes at the public whipping post to pay costs and treble damages. But signifying the court that he had nothing to discharge that sum, he was ordered to be at Mr. Bickley's disposal for 10 years. Mm. So basically made a, you know, a bond for 10 years in order to, um, to repay the debt. Um, Gee, imagine how much crime would take place in this day and age if we had similar types of punishment. You stole from that guy, you he, he owns you for the next three years. Well, but, there's a story in California just last month that was covered on um, uh, Tucker Carlson earlier this week that a, a fellow that had been discharged from prison with a long history of, of violence uh, killed a police officer out here. Mm. And um, the the advocate for uh, um, jail release in California. One of the advocates, the mayor of, um, I mean, Mill Valley, was basically saying that we're we're totally abandoning um, the idea of of basically reforming prisoners. And and, uh, this this notion of reforming prisoners, there was strands of it in the 18th century, but mostly the the sense was that if somebody had committed to a life of crime to burglarize, 
murder basically there was there was nothing there's no real remedy but but capital punishment and um i still think that we have we have a this is the a story from uh wilton in new hampshire about a church raising we learned from wilton in new hampshire that on tuesday last as a great number of persons were assisting in raising the frame of a new meeting house in that town one of the large beams accidentally fell by which means four of the men were instantly killed and 49 wounded, two or three of whom are since dead, and it was thought several others of them could not recover. Uh, these, uh, these huge meeting houses that they built, you know, by virtue of propping up the walls, uh, as many as 20 people pulling at the ropes were very, very uh, fair. When you read yeah, about J- uh, James, I'm sorry. You keep you keep cutting out. We're not getting every other word. Oh, uh, is uh, I'll see. Well, um, do, do you want to try and reconnect, or do you want to? Yeah, let me ask you this: do, What do you have open on your end? Did you get something that might be sucking up bandwidth you don't need? No, no, no? just this, yeah. just this. Um, um, hmm. Well, we'll try one more reconnect. Okay, all right. It's very frustrating. All right, let's let's give it a go. See if we can we can make it through the next three and a half minutes. <laughs> well, this is a story about dressing. So if I cut up, then maybe we're not missing a whole lot. Um, the many French hairdressers in this kingdom of London talk of having a meeting on Blackheath. From thence, intend to go to Saint James in a body with their remonstrance, setting forth the arbitrariness of the king and presuming to have his hair cut off without the advice and consent of Parliament, also showing the many hardships they are likely to experience by this rash step, as without doubt, in these fashionable times, most of the gentlemen in the kingdom, especially those who make their appearance at court, will in compliment to His Majesty wear wigs, in which case the honorable company of hairdressers will be out of employment, as it is well known that not one in a thousand are very versed in the art of peruke making. I'm not sure if you caught all that, if that was any better. But um, uh, at this time, we caught it. Men had men had a decision uh, whether to uh, basically remove all their hair and wear a wig most of the time, or to have their hair uh, worn long naturally and um, and done by a French hairdresser. So, I guess you you have the decision as a gentleman of Manchester whether you're going to be closely cropped and and buying wigs all the time or grow your hair out, Rich. <laughs> but, well, given but I thought. Given the widening bald spot on the back of my head, I might want to, you know, I might want to consider some of those options. This, you know, this Luddite thing. I mean, it, uh, whenever there's a change in fashion or technology, this is one thing that's absolutely constant in history: is that there's a better technology come along, or a new fashion comes along, and it it immediately puts out vast numbers of people, employment, and business, and so on. And and this theme of don't change, even though better ideas is is constant. Hmm. Um, out here in, uh, well, you're probably seeing it back there as well, but uh, at our bank, um, a one human teller and four uh, ATMs basically set up in the bank line. And uh, and we're hearing the same thing about fast food stores. So uh, the resistance to technology and fashion, that is one thing always stays the same. Well, yeah, and you know what, though? I, I think that sometimes... Uh, 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 Forces in society uh, accelerate the uh, the use of technology. You know, 
if if I'm a restaurant owner uh, and you're going to force me to pay 15 and God knows how much more dollars per hour um, for uh, kids who can't count anymore, that I have to already buy a cash register that counts to change for them because they can't do it and it doesn't have numbers. They have to order by picture, et cetera, et cetera. You, I got to pay 15 bucks or more an hour for that. You know what? The self-ordering kiosk is looking like a really good capital investment for my business. And, uh, uh, you know, there it is. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I, 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 always, I always think these lessons will become apparent to people, but um, uh, apparently not. I mean, I, I think that I, I worry sometimes that uh, they'll, they'll suck the host dry that b- before they understand what they've done, we'll be looking around us and it'll be something like Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's hope not, but um, what can you do? So, James, things are good out there in uh, California, eh? They are. Uh, we, um, uh, you know, I, I, the, the show last week was talking about disasters. We've got fires in the West. We have a huge wake off Mexico last night. A couple of hurricanes barreling towards Florida. And uh, I, I, I saw on Twitter last night, trying to keep up with the, the trends, the people lament, with lamentations about the crimes we've committed against Mother Earth. And it's not too much different from pre-Christian paganism. I mean, they're, they're basically um, blaming all of this on our abuse of Mother Earth. Of course they are. Oh, well. Um, Mother Earth, so I guess, far, is striking back as if it were sort of a living, breathing, thinking, rational organism. Yeah. And the, and the, colonial, the colonial response, I mean, as I indicated in that, that observation by Hamilton and others, was to repent, basically. <laughs> Every, everyone, everyone responded to those kinds of acts of, you know, of basically divine providence by, by assessing their um, particular position with the Lord, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's one thing we don't really hear. We we, get, we have prayer in America after nine one one. There were quite a few prayer meetings, but very few calls for public repentance. No, because you can't mix uh, government and uh, religion. The uh, New Hampshire was the last state to hold on to a fast day, and it got eliminated about 20 years ago. The good news is, though, is you know the local police union managed to get the uh, now defunct for more than 20 years holiday negotiated back into its uh, contract, so they get a holiday that doesn't exist anymore that we have to pay uh, double time if they work and vacation pay if they don't. But anyway, well, those those 5,000 new electors in New Hampshire, they probably are available to do anything that's necessary. Right? <laughs> James Patrick Riley. As always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for uh, getting up early and calling in. All right. Thanks, Rich. All right. We're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. When we come back, we'll have a preview of Monday's show. We're not done yet. Stay with us. All righty, folks. On Monday, we have a busy, busy show. Albert MacArthur Jr. will be in the House. He's running for state representative in a special election here in Manchester Ward 8. Ava Castillo will join us for the ins and outs of immigration. Ward 2 aldermanic candidate Paul R.R. Martineau will be in the House during the 7 o'clock hour. We'll get politically buzzed with Kimberly Morin, and we'll hear from Steve McDonald of the New Media Militia. All that and oh, so much more. Be sure to tune in. For the entire team here at Dread at Large, I am your ever-humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until Monday, be good, be well, don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have in the audience. Thanks for being there. 
Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Trot at Large. It matters. Looks like it's going to be a great weekend, everyone. Hope you enjoy.